With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the studio in Sun City... Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello, welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show, and we're honored that you're joining us today. We're especially grateful if you're a listener in Europe, since you changed your clocks to daylight savings time since our last show. This is a show I've looked forward to doing ever since I met our guest a few months ago. The special guest today is Eddie Speed. He's an expert with what I'll call wide and deep experience in mortgage notes. Now, within the first 10 minutes after meeting him, I realized how big the opportunity is in mortgage notes. And at the end of this hour, and maybe before, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. Now, if you're joining us for the first time today, then after today's show, you'll probably want to check out the archive of our past shows. And join us for all upcoming shows, of course. In this show, we try to make sure we share some great investment ideas, Today is one of those days. Or remind you about the investment fundamentals or inform you of investments your broker doesn't want you to know about. Today is clearly one of those days, too. We've been doing a series on alternative investments, and today's show is a continuation. We've already covered several alternative investments on prior shows, so if you missed those shows, you'll want to go back to our archive and listen to them. Today our topic is, as I mentioned, mortgage notes. What would be more appropriate than having a guest who's been buying and selling them longer than some of our listeners have been alive? Now, I may have done my first private mortgage loan, which happened to be 41 years ago now, before our guest started working with mortgage notes, but he's been doing it continuously since he started. I didn't continue to do those loans until I restarted again in 2007. I was so impressed, as I mentioned, with Eddie Speed's knowledge and experience, I took the opportunity to spend four full days training with him and his team when he was here in the Phoenix area. Incidentally, I've already added some solutions based on that training to our real estate funds offering as a result. Today is April 8th. It is, uh, of course, 2013. It is 9.02 a.m. in Phoenix, Arizona, 11.02 a.m. Central and 6.02 in Continental Europe. You're listening to, and that's p.m., of course, in Europe. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. This show airs every second and fourth Monday in Arizona time, that is, and that 9 a.m. is constant. But you may change the time that you listen when you change your clocks. I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show, 
you want to go back and re-listen, especially those shows we've done on alternative investments, you can hear them on the archives. Just go to wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, for those curious about the U.S. equity markets, after the first noticeably down week in 2013, here we are in April, and we've just had one, what I'll call noticeably down week. I think one of them was like slightly negative a while back. Uh, the U.S. markets are off to a negative start, slightly negative, which is actually normal for a Monday. They were down in Asia. Europe is up a little, and Brazil is down. So the market is mixed, depending on what part of the world you're looking at. We have a lot to cover today on Mortgage Notes, so I'd better introduce our special guest, as I mentioned, Eddie Speed. He's closed more than half a billion dollars in real estate notes and has been a leader and an innovator in this note-buying industry. He's the leading expert on the greatest opportunity in today's market. And I even mentioned that in our flyer, the greatest opportunity in today's market, non-performing notes and seller financing. See, Eddie's the founder of the Note School. He's also the owner of Colonial Funding Group. So he doesn't just teach people about notes, he actually invests in them. In other words, he does what so many of our guests do. He walks the talk. Let's give a warm radio welcome to our special guest, Eddie Speed. Welcome, Eddie, and I'm honored and really glad you could join us this week. Hello, Ron. How are you? And hello to everyone out there. Well, your uh, cheery voice is always helpful. That was, you know, like just when as soon as you start a seminar, everybody gets in the mood for for learning. Your 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 voice is always, uh, and of course, some people might pick up on the fact that you don't have an English accent. <laughs> well, it's. Uh... It's, I would say it's pure Southern, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's become kind of my trademark, So, I, and I appreciate that. All right. I gave uh, a brief overview of your background. Now, you know, if you go to a cocktail party, how do you introduce yourself? Um, I, well, I started in 1980, uh, and I really kind of started by accident. But I, I would describe to people that I buy uh, real estate secured notes, and What's funny is, is is immediately when you say that, people say, well, I don't know what that is. And right. I say, well, everybody's been in the note business. And they're like, no, 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 I've not been in the note business. I'm like, sure you have. You've had a checking account, haven't you? Haven't you written a check? Haven't you taken somebody else's check and deposited it in the bank? The day you write a check, you're essentially right. writing a note. The day you deposit a check, you've essentially sold your note back to the bank. And they go, yep. oh, okay. And, and, I, and I say, so I'm in the discounted note business. And so people say, well, what is the discounted note business? And I say, okay, well, here's how that works. Uh, let's say that I wrote a check to you, Ron. Let, you know, mm-hmm. I travel a lot going around talking about this business. So um, I fly out of Dallas-Fort Airport on a very regular basis. And let's say that you and I were at some meeting somewhere, and I said, mm-hmm. Ron, I forgot to go to the bank. Can I just write you a $1,000 check? And you're mm-hmm. like, sure, Eddie, I'll write you. You write me a check for a thousand bucks, and I'll give you half thousand dollars cash. Okay. Now right. you own my note. Correct. I, I owe a thousand dollars. And let's just say, and, and we're hypothetically making this up so it all makes sense. But let's just say that you went to a check cashing service. Right. And 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 you said, uh, I want to cash this check. And they said, okay, well now to cash this check, we're gonna, Ron, we're only gonna give you eight hundred and fifty dollars. Um. For the thousand wow. note, yep. and and so immediately, what you realized was the check cashing service was buying a discounted note, 
Eddie still mm-hmm. owes a thousand dollars. They paid right. eight fifty, and you and you got your money immediately. And then they went through the process and deposited the loan. So we buy discounted notes, but we buy re- discounted real estate notes. So the note mm-hmm. is the obligation against the property, secured by the property, and we buy it at a discount. And so people say, how much is the discount? Well, well, how good's the note? Is it paying as agreed? Do, do they have equity? Do they have credit qualifications? You know, how underwritable is the transaction? And so I buy everything from a note that's totally defaulted, that they haven't made a payment in three years, to a really a super good quality note that's super equitable and you know, all the terms and conditions are really good. So mm-hmm. we do buy notes at a discount, but the amount of the discount depends on kind of the grade of the note, so to speak. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Now, you see, you've got a lot of experience in this. Some of our listeners, uh, even though they've been investing for many years, don't know as much about notes. So why don't we go a little bit deeper into defining that note, specifically the real estate-backed ones, and okay. then look at it from the kind of the perspective of that typical investor who's been doing stocks and bonds, for example. They haven't been involved in any of these alternative investments, including notes. And then why don't we jump in deeply into that portion, those discounted notes, if you will. And those are the ones I think are going to be most interesting to the ones of the folks on our uh, of our listeners that are real estate investors or looking at real estate investing. Would that make sense as a sequence? Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Okay, now so, before we dig in, even before I'm going to forget one other thing, let's get your contact information. So if somebody wants to look up, and we've got some multitaskers that like to do this, so why don't we get them some websites or contact us that they can look up a little bit about your uh, business, about the training, and as well as the funding business. Okay. Uh, my website is noteschool.com. Yep, all one word, noteschool.com. And noteschool, yep. yep. And uh, the number is 888 Mm-hmm. Eight four seven nine three five three. So that's a toll free number. That once again eight 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 four seven nine three five three. And they can go to it. There's a there should be an easy way that they can click on the website and get added to our uh, mailing list or get some additional information. Uh, they would like to just email us directly. That's not a problem. They can just simply do info at noteschool dot com. So. Okay, very cool. All right, and we'll, we'll remind them in case they didn't have a, uh, sure. a pencil and paper at the time we started here. We'll remind them at the end of that contact information. So noteschool.com, and then the email there would be info at noteschool.com, and we'll come back to the phone number again. Okay, good. Now, as you said, uh, the notes you're talking about are not uh, checks. They're not Federal Reserve notes. They're not thank you notes. So why don't we define a real estate-backed note for the even the real you know the novice investor who's not real familiar with investing, uh, why don't you define it for them? Okay, so a very simple analogy that I always use because I like to use things other than you know just my business because people are so familiar with it is mm-hmm. uh, you, you're, everybody's familiar with the buy here pay here uh, car lot and and all that right. means is is they're typically used cars and you go pay a down payment and the car dealer. The used car dealer uh, finances the car for the buyer, and that's mm-hmm. a form of owner financing. He's owner financing a car, mm-hmm. and so uh, naturally you can owner finance real estate. So if you've ever flown in the airplane or out ridden around the country, particularly in in your state of Arizona, they right. owner financing for um, 
you know, uh, land. People, are, you know, the, the guy's going to sell you a track of land and you own or finance mm-hmm. it. Or it may be, a, you know, a working class property that the banks don't, there's nothing wrong with the property. It's just the price point of the property the banks don't typically, you know, offer a mortgage program for, you know, a $40,000 property or something like that. Correct. Correct. So a good point. All of those are things where somebody might own or finance the property. So they're getting payments over time. Sometimes that's a 10-year note. Sometimes that's a 30-year note. And we buy notes like that, uh, owner financing, or you'll hear me use the word seller financing. It's a, it's it's exactly the same thing. And so I buy notes like that, and I bought over 30,000 notes like that where people own or finance the property. Okay. The other type of note that I may buy is a loan that uh, comes from the – uh, mortgage industry, but it's a loan that has a problem. It's a, it's it's either been a defaulted note or it is a defaulted note. Okay. Okay. So the bank. So the property so, is in distress. Yeah. So Chase or Bank America or GMAC or any of these big mortgage lenders would have made a loan, and let's say the borrower got in trouble and they 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 stopped paying. And then that loan was was modified. In other words, they, they changed mm-hmm. the conditions of the loan, and then the customer started paying again. We'll call that a re-performing note. Okay, good good term. Okay, okay. and so that doesn't mean that they're, they're not paying now, but it just means they had a glitch in the past. And those notes can also, like seller financing, although they're paying every month, those notes can be bought at a discount. Okay, and, fair enough. And no, so for somebody that's a fairly passive investor, like one of your investors that's been in the stock market, this is a mm-hmm. this the, the kind of the, the fad today because this is kind of the best thing out there. You can buy these notes at a discount, and you can put them in your self-directed retirement account. So instead of having your money in the stock market, you, you own your own little bank. And you can just right. buy one note, or you could buy a group of them or whatever, and you earn the interest not only that the note pay, they pay on the note, but the, in addition to earning the interest, you earn the discount that you bought the note at. So that makes your return even higher than the interest rate on the note. Okay. Now, when I refer to them, I usually call them mortgage notes, just so that people kind of know what we're backing about real estate stuff. But there are actually two different legal frameworks, and I just want to make sure people understand. So, about half the states in the U.S. are mortgage states, and then the other half, like Arizona, are deed of trust states. Now, are the notes you're dealing with used in all 50 states, and could they even apply potentially in other countries? Uh, because we do have those two different legal frameworks. Uh, are, are, do notes in your terminology encompass both of those? Uh, yeah, we we buy I buy notes nationwide, and and so I like to kind of describe uh, that you're buying a note, and depending on the state laws and the state you're in as to what the enforcement document that they use. So in Arizona and in Texas, where I live, they use what's called a deed of trust. Right. Now, uh, in uh, Florida or in Oklahoma, they use a document called a mortgage. So we call it a mortgage even in Arizona and Texas, but really right. you'll never actually go find that mortgage filed of record. It'll be an, it'll have another name. It, it, it essentially serves the same purpose. It's, it's, it's what makes it real estate secured. Okay, fair enough. Now, I assume that uh, whether it's called a mortgage or it's called deed of trust has nothing to do with the half of the country that's conservative and half of it's liberal. Uh, 
You know, it's funny you say that, <laughs> but as you look at a map, other than the Northeast, there's not okay. really a, a totally a concentration of the mortgage area versus uh, deeds of trust or uh, or mortgages. Uh, you know, the Midwest. You, you know, Kansas is a mortgage state, and Missouri is a is a deed of trust state. So oh, Kansas City, contract. half the town is a mortgage, and half the town is a deed of trust. That and I'd funny. say they're Middle America as conservative as they get, just like your friends in Arizona. <laughs> yep. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now I just yeah. uh, make sure people don't think we're talking about red and blue states. They just happen to be no. two different uh, legal structures. That, okay. That's now totally when correct. I when I bought my first home, back a home, this was back in New York State, I probably had about 30 pages to sign, and today I think they're up to about 70 pages with all the new disclosures uh, that banks uh, you know, make you sign. But buried in that pile, I would have had a note or a promissory note, and I would have had that mortgage or a deed of trust. Um, and when you talk about notes, is it encompassing both of those things, both of that, that promissory note as well as that mortgage or deed of trust? Right. You're 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 buying uh the right to receive the payments in the future and the legal document that you're buying when you're buying those future payments that the customer owes money on is the note. Mm-hmm. The the legal document that secures it against the property, as we said earlier, is a deed of trust or a mortgage. And and I like to refer to it as the enforcement document. You pay okay, good. I was going to ask on the that note question. just like you pay on a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if but 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 we want that loan to have the real estate backing it. I describe our business, Ron, as we're a pawn shop for real estate. Okay, good way to look look at it. I like that. Uh, because if you think about it, like I, I like the show on the uh, TV on the History Channel called Pawn Stars, you know, and the guy because what the guy's really good at is he identifies all this very unique collateral. People now this bring is in, pawn, not porn. Is that correct? Yo, no, no, yeah, that was definitely. Okay. I want to make sure everybody's pawn. clear about that. Don't let my southern accent fool you there. Yeah, so it's on the History Channel, and a lot of your listeners have probably seen it. It's kind of entertaining. It is mm-hmm. very entertaining, actually. But, but the guy, what, what, I, what, what I think is intriguing about it is he is he's a real smart guy that owns this pawn shop, and he so people come in and bring antique things all the time, and he has to go figure out what they're worth because whether they want to sell it to him or pawn it to him, he just gives them a percentage of the value. And so when people bring a note to me, it's secured by property. And it could be sometimes a really nice property, uh, an executive home or a trophy property, or it could be just a little working class property. Whatever it may be, I have to figure out what the property is worth, and then Mm -hmm. I pay a percentage of the value of the property is kind of what I'm going to back in and pay for that note. And whether the note is paying a re-performing note, as we talked about earlier, or mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. I buy notes that are not paying and they're non-performing. So kind of right. the sophistication of who wants to buy this note as to what level of a note they can buy. A, a, a pretty unsophisticated guy could buy a re-performing note, have it third-party right. serviced, and he just—it's not much different than him owning a stock. He—he he just gets a check every month, and somebody else manages it for him. 
Exactly, and it is secured, whereas the stock just basically is a is a share certificate buried somewhere that means nothing if the company goes bankrupt. Uh, in this case, you still have the rights to the property. Okay, one more technical question I want to ask you, which is the title insurance policy? Let's say that it, it was a bank initiated. It was you know Bank of America or or, or one of the big guys or, or any any bank had gotten a lender's title insurance, but they always do that uh, yeah. since uh, since the buyer has to pay for it anyway. So does that title insurance go with it, or in buying this note, do I have to go do a closing and get a title company to handle the whole process for me so that I'm insured on this transaction? A lender's title policy, the the coverage of that policy is transferable with the loan itself. Unlike an owner's policy, being that you're buying a property and you get title insurance as the buyer, if Mm -hmm. I resold that house to you, Ron, 10 days after I bought it, that right. title insurance that I bought would be of no value to you. Correct. But if I Correct. bought if I bought if I created a note or if I bought a note from Bank America and it had mm-hmm. that lender's title policy, then I could then I got the coverage when I bought it from them and then if I turn around and resold that note to you, Ron, a week mm-hmm. or two weeks or two years later, it doesn't make any difference, then all of a sudden that tr- that coverage not only passed on to me, but it continued to pass on to you. Okay, very important. So really what we're saying is if some, if you're buying a property, like their example, if I, if I actually bought the property, we would do a new closing. We'd go to a lawyer or to a title company. But if I'm selling that note or buying that note, uh, that doesn't require a new uh, new title company closing or uh, using a lawyer to do those things because that's all conveying with that sale. That's correct. Okay, does simplify things a lot. Now, let me ask one last kind of question on the on the performing note side and thinking again of these bond investors that we worry about. And you know, the the whole uh note market has been, you know, around for a long time and we know that the big banks have been selling notes between themselves and of course they've been selling them to the evil twins Fannie and Freddie Mac for decades. Um has this private market for notes been around a long time? And, uh, you know, is it something that there's enough volume out there that people can actually buy them instead of bonds? Well, when the bank debacle happened, you know, uh, by 2008, conventional lending had uh, essentially been annihilated. And mm-hmm. and all the foreclosures right. did. And obviously your your listeners in Arizona and whatever market they're in, they all saw the same thing. Sure. And so the banks kind of washed through about $4.5 million worth of trouble loans reselling the properties. In fact, what's right. interesting is is they've, they, they've now washed through so much bank foreclosed inventory, what we call REO, stands for real mm-hmm. estate owned. They've, they've, they, they, they've, they've resold these, these properties, these foreclosed properties, to the degree that now Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, FDI insured banks and private lender services reports that they only have about 300,000 properties left that are unsold. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now let me tell you something interesting. So so the so the real estate investors and the REO brokers and the people that you've seen that now attract to my training why they're coming to me is because the no, the inventory is in the notes. There's 10 right. million delinquent notes, 300,000 REO properties. Wow, that's an incredible variance right there. All right, that part we're going to ask you a little bit more about. Give me just one second to remind our listeners, you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us second and fourth Monday. If you missed some of the prior shows like the ones we've done on alternative investments, you want to re-listen to them, we have an archive, wealthdna.us. 
If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, you can do one of two things or do both. Send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Or in the upper left-hand side of your screen, if you're coming through the Internet, just under the Boomer and the Babes picture, click the follow button. They'll keep you informed of the great shows on the Boomer and the Babe network. And reminder, during the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to ask some questions. And I have not been paying attention. I've been paying attention to... Uh, uh, the show so much and listening so carefully that I forgot to check if our chat window is operating. But we do have a chat window underneath the radio player, and I'm going to go ahead and, and check that and refresh my screen and everything, make sure it's there. But if you do have some questions, you can type them into that chat window below and uh, put them in. I'm, we're going to have so much to cover. I'm not going to try to take phone calls today uh, for, for Eddie, but uh, the chat is always a good way to send us a note. We can kind of fit it in between. And it does look like it is coming up. I don't have see it yet. But anyway, hopefully the chat window is up there and you can send us a chat uh, if you're listening live, of course. If you listen to this in archive a year or two or five years from now, then uh, sorry, there will be no chat window. But no, I know. Well, it does seem to be coming. Okay. Today we're talking about mortgage notes with Eddie Speed, founder of Note School in Texas. And in case you didn't notice from his accent, he is from Texas. Okay, Eddie. So let's talk a little bit more about that, and, and kind of switch gears from my from my thought process, which is into this uh, away from kind of the conservative typical investor's portfolio, uh, or I'm sorry, into again the conservative investor. They want to buy some performing notes, whether they're reperforming or, or good notes. Um, you know, you said they could be used in an IRA. Could I buy them uh, instead of bonds in my portfolio as well? Absolutely, and in fact. The market trend right now, Ron, and you've seen this at some of the classes that I do, mm-hmm. is that we have a lot of people uh, that don't want to go roll their sleeves up and buy a defaulted note. And, and there's a lot of profit in doing that, but it takes more work. And so we have people that says, well, look, I just want to go buy a note and it'd be easy. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. You can just buy a performing note at a discount. The average discount today is probably about 30%, which is incredible. Never right. seen a market condition like that before. Um, I can buy a note and the average discount of about 30%. I can have a professional servicing company that monitors the taxes and insurance and has a license or whatever it takes in that particular state to, to, to accurately uh, and legally service that debt for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just wire the money into my account every month. And okay. if you think about it, all of the all of the big owners of these note portfolios, they hire out servicers to service their loans. Most of the big servicers that a lot of your listeners have dealt with doing short sales or buying properties, they weren't really dealing with the the, the, the person the, the the bank that owned the loans. They were dealing with a service entity. That's true. And so we just we just do that. We just connect people on an individual basis and show them how to do that on one single note. Okay. Now, the the notes that the evil twins carry, these performing notes, I assume they're not in a hurry to sell those, but they're actually making money and, and, and they're getting all of their payments. So uh, are there some performing notes available through them, or is it really through this market of reperforming notes in companies like yours? It It is a market through reperforming notes. So you're not going to buy directly from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or Bank America. That's not where you're going to find them. These, these loans that got in a reperforming status, they – they had a certain uh, classification that required them to go sell those loans in the market. And uh, those loans are typically bought by investor groups that can go buy 500 or 1,000 at a time. And then they, re- mm-hmm. they several of these companies re-aggregate them and sell them literally on a one-off basis. Okay. 
All right, so that's that's really that's the market. So they shouldn't go call up uh, Fannie Mae and say, hey, "I'd like to buy a note," or they want to call no, that's that market. That's work. not going to work yeah. for them. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, what kind of returns? You talked about it. You you, you can buy them a significant discount in many cases. What kind of returns? What kind of a range of returns? Somebody, like say they're they're looking to replace some of the bonds in their portfolio because of the risks in the bond market. What kind of returns could they expect on these performing notes? Um. You can you would probably see loans that the bottom return would probably be somewhere around eight or nine percent. The top mm-hmm. return would probably be in the mid teens, so anywhere okay. from fourteen to sixteen percent. I wow. would note on my desk right now on a nice house in North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, that's reperforming, and I can I can buy that note this morning at a thirteen percent yield. Wow! Fund about okay. fund about sixty thousand dollars for the note, and the house worth one hundred and fifteen thousand. Uh, the, and it, it actually, since it's backed by real estate, so technically it's it's really in, in many ways safer than uh, buying a, a bond or something, paying three percent from a from a blue chip company because it's backed by only the company. It's not backed by any real hard assets. Every family member, every person that I have significant influence with, uh, I I drive them in the direction. If you're looking for a conservative investment, I believe this is as conservative as it gets. And, and obviously a way higher return. Okay. And does uh, Colonial Funding Group sell some of those performing notes occasionally? Uh, we're in the note trading business. We've been doing it for mm-hmm. 33 years, so you know we're always buying and selling, selling loans, and and uh, we have a private equity fund that we uh, deal in the market, and and I I do trades for other groups, so we we sell everything from one note to. 2,000 notes to somebody. And we're going to switch gears here very shortly to these non-performing notes in, in more detail. But that, for for the investor replacing their bonds, they're probably not going to be interested in a non-performing. Because this oper- a non-performing note, by definition, isn't bringing any income, right? So that's probably not the market they're going to go after if they want a stable income, whether in their IRA or their or their uh, taxable portfolio. The non-performing note is probably not for that, uh, what I'll call, passive investor. That's correct. You, you need to you need to have it's it's a terrific business, but you need to have a deeper level of training uh, to to pursue the non-performing side of the business. The, the 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 performing side of the business, you know, with a basic level of knowledge, um, you you just you're not go, you're not going to have to do very much to be able to own a note like that. Okay, so a performing note, much like a bond, is a great investment, uh, fixed income, basically, and it can be fairly long-term. So even if uh, somebody's looking for retirement income for the next 10 or 20 or 30 years, then uh, these performing notes could be a, a great way to, to replace the bonds in their portfolio. And obviously, that's one of the reasons we have you on the show. It is an alternative investment and a great alternative if uh, if and when, and it, no, it's not if, it's when the bond market starts to collapse on us, they'd be looking at much more return coming out of these things, as you said, uh, in the uh, uh, low single or in the mid single digit up to uh, to the teens. Those are those are nice returns compared to the bond market. Uh, we love it. <laughs> I would and imagine, and I can imagine right why you've been in this market for a long time. Now, I, you know, full disclosure, 
uh, I switched from bonds to uh, to performing notes in my portfolio, and of course I've got some non-performing as well. But uh, performing notes in my portfolio, I'm going to say uh, four or five years ago. Well, three years ago, I was 100% out of bonds. So, uh, full disclosure, I uh, practice what you uh, just mentioned. Very, very good. Now, let's then switch to these non-performing notes. Uh, again, this is not necessarily for the person looking for passive income. I think you used a good term. It is a good business. It is something that somebody's going to actively work on, uh, just like trying to you know to pick individual stocks or trying to uh, uh, make money in in uh, buying properties and fixing them up or buying properties and renting them. It is more of a business. It's not not truly passive. But let's talk about that a little bit more. Is this a way that somebody getting out of their nine to five job or let's say they've got an eight to eight job, putting in a lot of hours and, and working for somebody else? Is this a uh, opportunity for them to to potentially step out of that job and into a new business that could earn them some nice money? Well, it's not only an opportunity for somebody that wants to reinvent themselves 100% in their daily mm-hmm. activities and, and go take on a new job, but it's but it's a terrific way for somebody to start out on a very part-time basis and then transition, you know, into into a full-time basis as they build, you know, build a base of income. And most of the people I train start out part-time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled to tell you that a lot of people I take at a, uh, a more advanced level. Um, you, you know, they're you know they 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 do the business for a year, year and a half, and then all of a sudden, they they I hear over and over and over, Eddie, I've I've left the company and now I'm doing notes full time. So obviously, we're transitioning them, but but the income potential in this business is very good, and so a lot of people are are are, are moving into this as a full time career. And I think that's an important point because so often a lot of the and on this one this one I can uh, echo is absolutely true that it is a it can be done on a part time basis, but so many people jump into real estate they want to do wholesaling or they want to do uh, let's say fix and flips and they want to start out on part time uh, basis, but when you've got contractors in the job and you're paying them and you're paying for a property you've got to manage that process while you're uh, off at work and people are calling you whether you know hey, the right materials not and all of those things. That is not as easy on a part-time basis as uh, evaluating notes. No question, because what we're what we teach people how to do is to do so much of this, literally from their office or their spare bedroom or wherever it is they want to do it. And then we one of the things that we do is we show them how to have a power team to help them ev- more be boots on the ground. So mm-hmm. initially, you may never ever have to go on site and deal with the property or deal with contractors. And if you think about it, these banks and mortgage servicers, they don't you know, they sure. deal with company. No, they don't ever go out to the property. No, they, have, they, so they don't I know what a property looks them, like. I teach them exactly how to go go deal with a power team that that is competent, and professional and 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 does the things that that I would do if I were on the ground, but I they're spending their time doing it and I'm not spending my time doing it. Fair enough. So whether they want to jump in full-time or they want to jump in part-time, this might be a great opportunity. And obviously, I, from the people I met and saw at your, your training classes, that's exactly what they were looking for was uh, ways to, to earn a good 
living, if you will, not just a good return on their investment as a passive investor would, but they uh, they really were looking, uh, you know, for a new opportunity to do that. But let me ask you the big question. You started to quote some numbers earlier, but let, why don't we get this all in perspective? This is the big question running through these real estate investors or these people wanting to jump out of their old job into something new. Uh, and, and now, how do I know? that this is the big question running in their minds. Well, I had the same question uh, when I first met you is, is this, you know, we see the supply of REOs and short sales dwindling. As you said, way down in, in, in the Phoenix market, we're down like 95% from where we were uh, at the peak in terms of distressed properties. How would I expect to find non-performing notes uh, in, in that market? Haven't all of these foreclosures and problems been resolved already at the banks? Well, they they've sold the foreclosed properties, but they haven't they haven't uh, resolved all these non-performing notes. And the truth of the matter is, it's kind of a of a of a false market. People think every you know the sun's come out again and everything's all perfect. Right. And it, it, and the reality is is we still have ten million delinquent mortgages that the banks have on the books. Now, the fact that there's a sort of a fever to buy properties is good for my business because that is my collateral. So if I end up with the property again, do I can I resell that property? Yes, sure. because there's essentially a shortage of available properties. So, um, And one of the things that we try to do is the first thing we try to do, if somebody is living in a property, even though when they're in default and even though they haven't made a payment in two or three years, mm-hmm. we make every effort that we can to modify that loan and get them paying again. And we have about a 40% success rate in being able to do that. So of all the mortgages we buy, which probably about half of them are vacant, uh, and they've already moved on, but about ha- but of all the mortgages we buy, about 40% of the time when we buy a delinquent mortgage, we're able to modify that loan and get that customer keeping their home and, and making their payments again and modify the terms of the loan so it's something that they can afford. Because you have to remember, I bought this note at a deep, deep discount. The mm-hmm. average price that we pay for a note is 10 to 25% of the balance owed. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying 10 to 25% below the amount that's owed, right? So if it's a $100,000 note, <laughs> no. you're buying it for no, $80,000 or $85,000. I'm saying if somebody 000, owes $100,000, we pay 10 to $25,000 for that note. I want to make sure, because I obviously knew that, having been to your training classes. I want to make sure, and we might want to restate that again, a $100,000 note. You might buy it for how much? Ten to $25,000? That's correct. And if I were trying to buy that, and I, as a matter of fact, just uh, on a good Friday we closed on the property we've been working on for two, 28 months, uh, a short sale. And the, you know, short sales are not short these days. Uh, and that property we bought um, in that range, but we did a lot of work, and that's the market value of the property. We bought it pretty much at its market value just because the bank was so far underwater they didn't want to sell it. They kept postponing this thing, but that doesn't change anything. They still have a problem. So what you're saying is in many cases they are selling off that note at prices below what many of REOs and short sales were selling for. Well, it, it's not even close. I mean, it's it's wow. it's not even remotely close. We're buying a note at an average of probably about 30% of the value of the property. 30% of value. See, in, in, in that case, like I said, I paid value. 
Uh, now it happened to be a major. This was one that they really took a major loss on, but that you know that's. Yeah. But we bought it close to value after working on it for 28 months. And you're saying that had they we just you know had we had the opportunity of letting it go to foreclosure and then buying that note, we might have bought it a lot lot cheaper. Yeah. Remember what I said, Ron. We are a pawn shop for real estate. So wow. if you go to the if you go to the pawn shop and you have a guitar that the retail value of that guitar is a thousand dollars, is the pawn shop going to give you a thousand dollars? Of course not. No, they're going to give you three or four hundred bucks, right? Right, right, right. Okay, well, you're going to try to buy do. that back potentially, right? Exactly. So that's what we do. We buy a note at at a percentage of the current fair market value of the property, where we know that. We may not be able to modify them again. Now, by the way, if I buy a $100,000 note for $20,000, and even if I make some ridiculous terms to the buyer so he can start paying again, Mm -hmm. I paid $20,000 for the note, and I can modify the note. Is that a – am I making a lot of profit? Yes. Am I helping the borrower? Yes. The reason I'm making so much profit is not because of the borrower. It's because that I could buy that note – in the defaulted note market at such a deep discount. Now, let me let me if I were a banker, I'm not, but you know, I might have some bankers listening. They might say, "Oh, well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, we we've tried this modification stuff and and you know, we've had a certain degree of success, but you know, they we probably achieved 5% of what we we're supposed to achieve or we thought we'd achieve and then about 50% of those people defaulted again. Why do you think you can do that uh even though we as bankers failed? Well, one of the things that we're going to do is adjust how much uh, principal the customer owes. The customer owes more than the property's worth. We're going to mm-hmm. adjust their principal back to the to a, a realistic value of the property today, and give them a restart on their loan. All the all the mod programs have not adjusted the principal balance that's owed. That's and, correct. And, and the house is worth a hundred, and the loan balance is a hundred and fifty, and they do a modification. And the guy's now starts again paying on a loan that he he can't see out in the future and see he'll he'll ever pay back, and the redefault rate in that program's over sixty percent. Right, and I was going to say, and it, it sounds like you have a vested interest since you now own that note to make that happen, whereas the bank kind of was playing at at, at the the uh, modification and um, you know really didn't. I mean, for the most part, most people can even reach the bankers for the modification, and the person that they were talking to changed every two weeks, and they didn't get the you know fax that was sent the week earlier. They claim they didn't get it, and all of those things, and the process might take you know months or years, and nothing moved forward. So you you as a private investor then have a vested interest in making this thing happen. Well, the banks are the banks have a big uh problem and a big amount of assets and I'm not criticizing the banks and their operations and what they're trying to do to fix it. I can just say simply the bank can't be as entrepreneurial as I can. Well, and I think there's a big point. Now, before we continue, look for our listeners that just tuned in. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive. If you missed prior shows, you can find them on the archives, wealthdna.us. Today, we're talking with Eddie Speed, founder of The Note School, about mortgage notes. And we're just um, talking right now about non-performing notes and the big opportunity to potentially move out of a 9-to-5 or 8-to-8 job and uh, even start on a part-time basis by buying uh, non-performing notes and modifying them and making them performing notes. 
Okay, so let's say is you just mentioned you'll you'll try to modify the thing, and in many cases it's going to happen. I think you used the, the, the number forty percent. So let's say that uh, that leaves the other sixty percent. You you contacted the buyer, you worked with the buyer, and you gave them a, a much better offer than they were able to, and they they just decided not to do it for whatever reason. Maybe they've already moved out, or 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 maybe they just got so frustrated that they have. Uh, uh, in essence, said we're leaving as soon as somebody finally calls us, or the, there's a you know formal foreclosure and we're kicked out. Whatever. Uh, what uh, what do you do then? Uh, you now have a note that's not paying you anything. What is there a process you go through after that? Well, the the first thing that we're going to do if somebody has vacated the property um, and or they just the modification doesn't work, we're not going to mm-hmm. modify somebody that we can't qualify and don't believe can pay. And we're, okay. we're not going to do it, as the expression is, an extend and pretend. We're not, we're not doing it. <laughs> okay. No extend and pretend. So, I like that. I no, no. So, so if for some reason they're really truly not a candidate for a modification, then we're, the next step is is we're going to give them the uh, option of just essentially deeding the property back to us, what, what your listeners would have heard probably called a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a deed in lieu. And that way, uh, because what we found is if people have vacated the property a high percentage of the time, it's just it, it's 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 eating on them. They made a sure. they made a mistake in their life. They bought a property mm-hmm. that had a certain value and it went down in value, or maybe the bank made a subprime loan to somebody that really couldn't have qualified for a loan, and the bank didn't do them a favor because signing somebody on for a loan they can't pay back is is not. That just Good causes business. them stress at a later date. Yep. Sure. And so, yeah. whatever reason, you know, this is gnawing on them, and this deed in lieu of foreclosure kind of gives them the freedom to just walk away with dignity. And we have found, if we took a thousand loans, forty mm-hmm. percent of the time we can modify them, and about forty percent of the time we can get a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Well, I guess part of the logic, if I'm that borrower uh, and, and, and give you the deed of lieu, then I've started kind of my life over with at that point. It's, it, if I That's let correct. the thing drag on, then I'm not going to be able to qualify for financing again for X number of years in the future, whereas if I do it now, that clock, that X years, uh, starts at the time I've gotten off out, out from under that obligation, if you will, uh, and that liability. Because if something happens to the property, they're, they're still legally liable. If somebody you know That's gets correct. gets hurt at that property, they're still the owner. So what you're saying is you're convinced they would show them that. Well, and, and they could have tax consequences. I mean, there, there, oh, could, sure. be, there could be so, – so they could have a forgiveness of debt also. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a lot of reasons it makes sense for them. What, what, our approach is this. These people have already been injured. Okay, they, they've been yep. beat up. They've been injured. We don't need to call them and tell them they're bad folks. We don't need to call them and tell them what's wrong. They already know what's wrong. What we do is is reach out to them in a um, in a relationship and say, here's the situation, and let's figure out what what works and and produce and, and give them some solutions. If you could do this. Or you can do this. And at the end of the day, of course, we we hold the lever. We have a mortgage on the property. We can legally take it. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't have the right to take it. It's just that we don't go approach them in a opportunistic way. Right. And and you're and, true. Well, you're, uh, you're trying to earn some money, but at the same time, you're trying to help somebody in the process. The reason we're earning money is because we bought the note at a deep, deep discount. We're not mm-hmm. taking advantage of the borrower. We just the market condition was because there's ten million delinquent notes, the price you can buy delinquent notes for is way different than what real estate cost. Okay. 
Now, let's just do, let's just do maybe not the exact numbers. Just make sure that this is clear. So you bought this thing cheap, but is it cheap enough that if you do have to go through this modification, which takes some time, or you have to go through the deed in lieu, which is no big deal, but if you, let's say you have to foreclose, and then that property might need some fix-up, and then uh, you know it's going to be marketed for a while on those things, can you, after all of that work, still make a return? Absolutely, because if you remember what I said earlier, we're buying a property. We're buying that note. If the property is worth $100,000, we're going to buy that note at a price of about 30% of the value at the max. Of the house. We're buying that note. And so we're buying the the note at a deep discount. But a lot of times the customer, in fact, most of the time, the customer owes more than the property is worth. The average loan to value on a defaulted note is 138%. So if, wow. if that $100,000 property mm-hmm. today, they still owe 138000 That's some right. fairly easy math. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're only going to fund, you know, 10 to 25% of the balance of the note. Right, 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 right. But as so you're talking about fifteen or 15000 yeah. What the, what the collateral is worth, we're probably average fund about $30,000. So in mm-hmm. that scenario, even if there's legal expenses and taxes and you know fix up and there's a delay time even the worst case scenario which happens about 20% of the time where we either you know can't get a mod or can't get a deed from them then then we're that's not an asset we're going to lose money on but it's just not we don't have quite the velocity on that particular note that of one that we can quickly modify or quickly get a deed in lieu from Okay, and again, back to this big question: Why are there enough of these notes around? Uh, you know, I'm going to take this devil's advocate banker position that would say, well, "Wait a minute!" But if you know, if we're really selling this note at thirty percent, why the hell would we? Because we could do that too. We could be modifying, and we could be uh, doing the deed in lieu, and we could, as banks, be uh, doing that fix up and then selling the property at a at a uh, uh, better price, etc. Why uh, why are they selling these notes to you? Well, um, I think the I think the big mortgage servicers have tried to do what they can. I'm I'm not criticizing their efforts. I'm just saying uh, they haven't initiated foreclosures on these assets uh, on a, on a go forward basis. I mean, if you look at the stats, I mean, they initiated less than two million foreclosures last year. Right. Uh, and 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 so the bottom line is the pile of problematic loans. Uh, is way bigger than the pile of the foreclosure actions they're initiating, and I uh, there's there's a lot of uh, conversation in the marketplace about why the, the the banks have done what they've done, but the bottom line is I think they've clearly made a decision, uh, in particularly the lower price band assets, assets that are worth 125 to 150 thousand dollars or less, current value mm-hmm. property, in those price band assets, they've clearly made a decision. We are going to sell these loans and versus taking them through to foreclosure. And that's the pattern that we see. And, of course, that's obviously, you know, while we're so, um, this is, I, I look at this, I've been buying discounted notes since 1980. This is this is the market that I've trained for my whole life. Okay, and it's finally arrived in, in such scale and such, uh, uh, you know, availability that that uh, you you you've spent 30 years training to uh, really take advantage of a, of a huge opportunity. 
Right, and I, and obviously in the training business today, you know, I take thir- I took some things that took me twenty or thirty years to learn, and I kind of break it down. Oh, sure. into it, it didn't take twenty or thirty years to learn the lesson. It just took twenty or thirty years to go through the pain of the th- ways that I wouldn't do it that particular way anymore. <laughs> sure, and sure. So, and your turn. So now we can kind of give people the give people the solution without them having a bad experience. And, and again, I know you're not saying this, but to me, and if I read it, and maybe some of our listeners will walk away with this, but I, I just want to make sure that you know that that's okay to walk away with that summary. Is in some ways it is an indictment of the banking industry and their past mistakes. I mean, first of all, they did make loans uh, of real estate prices to people that in many cases couldn't afford to pay it. And then secondly, they've hired hundreds of thousands of people around the country to do these short sales and do these foreclosures. And yes, they've moved a lot of them. But what you're saying is they're kind of going to phase three and just saying, hey, that is a lot of expense. Uh, we're just going to sell the note and let somebody else do the work. That, 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 that's the market condition that we're seeing right now. And the evidence of the availability of delinquent notes is what it is. Very um, cool. Very cool. And you're so, buying them cheap enough. Like you said, those numbers make it very, very attractive to buy a property. And uh, in essence, what you're saying is that bankers have a problem. They're, they're toxic assets on their books. And the way they're doing it now, this creates a, an opportunity for us as investors. That's correct. Wow. And you're, you, so your course, and again, I've been there, so this is, this is more a question for our listeners. Um, you're not just sharing what you did on this show. That course is describing and helping people learn that process that you've been working and doing for all of these years. That's correct. All of the, all of the things that I, that, 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 this is, this is, at this point, a listener is thinking, well, what about this, or how does that work, mm-hmm. or the legal process, or you know, how do I evaluate uh, something that I'm not necessarily standing in front of the property? And he talked about boots on the ground and all, all of the things that you're going to have to ultimately address to make sure you're doing this, you know, at its maximum profit and not doing it foolishly, that's what we do. We go back and show you this is how we learned how to do this. So it's just all we're doing is sort of giving a course on stuff that took us a long time to learn. Sure, but you're also doing it now at a time when this really has some scale, uh, economies of scale, and and, and an advantage to doing this, one, because there's fewer of these REOs out there, so it's a cheaper way to buy properties, but there are a lot of notes, probably more than you've been dealing with in the past years. The realtors that have been selling foreclosed properties are re- having to reinvent themselves because the availability of foreclosed properties has reached such a low number that the REO specialist realtor is looking for other opportunities or other ways. And they're, they do a lot of work for us today that they may not have been willing to do for just a small individual three or four years ago, because all the banks were just flooding them with these properties to sell. Correct, and so they so were we, able to we, keep busy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so we're able to show students how we work with the realtors and people that do the repairs and all of that, the kind of the underlying things that somebody's imagination at this point may be going wild, saying, well, I'm, you know, I can't imagine, it would, trust me, we, we do this every day in, in a fairly high scale, and we, we give people a, a sort of a blueprint of how to go out there and do it and, and do it on a part-time basis or just some a guy that just wants to go buy just a uh, a note like you did just in, in lieu of owning a bond or a stock, mm-hmm, well, then mm-hmm, you can correct. go do that and not and, and your workload's 
no more than owning that bond. Correct. Correct. But somebody that wants to create a business can 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 learn this process and and yep. uh, basically make uh, make a lot of uh, money doing that. Okay, but directly on those two points, there's got to still be some risks. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm less worried about the performing notes. So basically, it's eventually going to get paid off, and then then you have to go reinvest that money, uh, and it could stop paying, and you might have to go uh, fix it or or resell it at a discount, whatever. But on these non-performing notes, I bought a property, and I'm going to use your your numbers. You bought a property, let's say at thirty percent of market value. You've got some cost of foreclosure, and that's probably going to scare a lot of people. I mean, you know, banks probably spend a lot of money. Can you can you tell us how much, what's this going to cost me to get this process done? I mean, you know, well, is a foreclosure thing, cost me 30000 Sure. No. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to learn to budget what a foreclosure is, is going to cost. Average foreclosure in, is probably going to run about twenty. Five hundred dollars. Okay. Now, some okay. And there's a point that's really important. So, so if I need to foreclose on a property, in my uh, calculation, I should factor in around twenty five hundred dollars. This is not the end of the world that I have to foreclose on a property. Right. And and so we teach a student which state, whether it's a judicial foreclosure process or a statutory foreclosure process, mm-hmm. and how to go source. You know the attorneys that specialize in foreclosures, and 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 this is all. Uh, this is just a, a a menu of things that once you just you're just we're just showing people how to go source the information and find out pretty quickly. We can find out what the taxes are. We can find out what it costs to put insurance on the property in the interim to do all. I mean, all of those things are literally nothing more than a budget of rehabbing a house. If you're going to rehab a house, you got paint and carpet and. Whatever it is you're going to spend, you know, before you ever buy it, you know what you're going to spend. Right, right. So that's your budget. That's part of your budget. You know what you're going yeah. to go through. And if with 30% of property value, there's plenty of room for that. Yes. Very cool. How about how about the risks? Okay, something still could go wrong. I, I value the property. I think it's worth this. Uh, it uh, it was in worse shape than I thought, or the people left it and trashed it, or whatever else. Uh, what what are some of the risks I, as a non-performing note buyer, uh, should at least be aware of? Well, one of one of the things that I I put the most value on in the, in the training side of the business is teaching a student to deal with a power team. And, okay. and I use the analogy of the guy that has the TV show on on the the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't know the value of something, what does he do? He, he calls in some local expert. He's right, got local right. experts that you see on the TV show, and they figure out what some antique Civil War gun is worth, or what. He he doesn't think he knows everything. He just right. knows how to find people that know everything. Right. So don't buy it until you know, you feel comfortable that you know what you're doing in this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and I I don't try to figure st- I don't try to figure out what a house is worth in Akron, Ohio. I sure. have people. I have boots on the ground of people that can can tell me things. I know how to kind of review what they're telling me to see if it adds up. But I, I don't try to go figure out if it's a good neighborhood in Akron, Ohio. There's there there there's ways that I can resource it, even on the internet, that I can go find out things that I may not personally have the knowledge of, but I'm just accessing information that's available to me. Okay, now before I forget, because we're we're, we're uh, wrapping up here shortly, let's get the information out of how they find out more about the Note School, what the website is, what the phone number is. Okay, so our website is noteschool.com, one word, mm-hmm. Note School. Um, if you would like to call us, there is a toll-free number. It's 
888-847-9353. Once Got again, it. the toll-free number, 888-847-9353. And uh, if you'd like to just email us, you can do that, and it's pretty simple. Just go to info at noteschool.com. Info cool. at noteschool.com. Very good. Now, we've covered a lot of topics, Eddie. Are there some key areas that we've overlooked that we should touch on very briefly before uh, we, we uh, just overlook them completely? My, my heart for the market is to teach people how to, how to invest in their future, <laughs> in their retirement account, tax-free forever. So, so beyond just making current income doing this business, I want to teach every student that I possibly can how to go use notes to build their self-directed retirement accounts. And that's what Great. I'm personally doing. That's what my friends and family are doing. That's what you're doing. That's what everybody right. that I want to have an influence with in the market. If I could show you how to retire tax-free and retire essentially when you want to retire, I believe that that is my greatest footprint on this industry. Fantastic. Eddie, on behalf of our listeners, I want to thank you for taking an hour out of your Monday to meet with us to discuss these mortgage notes and to share your knowledge and experience with us. And uh, I know that the time I spent with you in those classes, there is still a lot more to cover, but you do it in a step-by-step fashion. So uh, it is always a pleasure to hear your cheery voice, and I look forward to doing some note deals together soon. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Oh, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Eddie. Let me just take a moment here, folks, to summarize some of the key points from our conversation. You see, even though inventories of REOs and short sales from the evil twins and from the big banks is down, the numbers show that there are still lots of notes available, and that may be the best way for real estate investors to obtain these distressed properties that aren't available on the market anymore, is to buy those mortgage notes or to find note buyers and strike a deal to buy the properties from them. You just had an opportunity to hear from the expert on mortgage notes, Eddie Speed. Now, one of the key reasons I wanted Eddie on this show is I've been warning uh, investors about the end of the 35-year bond uh, market bubble. Now, I am not allowed to tell you exactly when it's going to end, but rather than investing bonds, I'd rather invest in private mortgage notes. Full disclosure, the entire fixed income portion of my portfolio is indeed performing mortgage notes. Now, for listeners interested in buying performing mortgage notes, don't call the evil twins, uh, Fannie or Freddie, and don't call the big banks or even maybe your community banks. You'll have trouble finding anybody that's willing to sell you an individual note, but they are available. The best sources for performing mortgage notes are private mortgage lenders and bulk note buyers like Eddie Speed. And in many cases, they'll have done the work to turn them back into Reperforming notes, uh, you'll have no problem selling some. They'll have no problem selling some of those notes to you. Why? Well, if they're a mortgage lender, they'll do more loans with the money that they sell that note for. And if they are note buyers, they'll go buy some more notes. How long will the opportunity exist in non-performing notes today? Well, I suspect there will be enough opportunities to keep us all busy until we're as wealthy as we want to be. And I'd like to remind you of a phrase from T. Harv Eker's book. The uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, and I hope to have them on the show in the future. The poor will focus on obstacles. The rich focus on opportunities. That's one of the wealth files in his book. So the poor focus on obstacles, and as Eddie said, 
Very often people start saying, oh, well, but what if, or gee, this could go wrong, and all of those things. The rich focus on opportunity. And as Eddie said, the opportunity is huge today in mortgage notes. That, of course, is a great segue into our upcoming alternative investment topics. On our next shows, we'll be discussing angel capital, venture capital, commodity trading, and forex trading. I just shared with you several good reasons to make sure you tune into the Wealth DNA radio show every second and fourth Monday. Remember, our mission is to help a million listeners become millionaires, and I certainly expect you to be among the wealthiest. The next Wealth DNA radio show, fourth Monday of April, that's April 22nd. That's on Monday, as always, 9 o'clock Arizona time, same place, same time. As I mentioned, the archive of past shows and, of course, this show are on WealthDNA.us. If you have some suggestions or questions, whether about mortgage notes or other investment topics, or if you haven't received emails reminding you about this show, just send an email to me, ron at WealthDNA.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. We'll see you in two weeks after you've had a chance to decide how much of your portfolio should be in mortgage notes. Happy investing. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.